Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Pamela Foster on the line. Pamela, how are you? I am awesome. How are you today? I am great. Great to finally connect with you on this because I know we, we lined this up a, a while back. So uh, this is always good to finally connect with people. Uh, so tell us a little bit about what you do and this awesome work that you're doing. Well, I think um, based on how we connected, I consider myself a, a serial networker. You had reached out to me on LinkedIn. We'd sort of chatted back and forth. I really love your program, and as a shout-out to anyone listening, please follow and listen to all of Michael's podcasts because he brings on such interesting people. And as a result of those podcasts, I've actually connected with those people to say, really, I liked your show, I liked your content. So that's basically what I do in my day-to-day life. Um, my professional life has been based in leadership positions in uh, professional services organizations. Um, I started off, my first job was with uh, KPMG. I was there for a number of years and then went to PricewaterhouseCoopers and then switched over to legal. So I've had my fill of working with some of the smartest people in the the world and like connecting with people who have great things to say. So that's kind of what I'm doing. Right now, I'm, I um, stepped back from my role with a, a plaintiff injury firm, one of the top firms in Canada, just to pursue the opportunity to work remotely. And wouldn't you know, the timing was just in time for the pandemic. So everyone is, is sort of experiencing the life that I've been living for for a number of years. So interesting uh, situation, but it's a a great place to be if people can um, take the time to embrace what they have and and not necessarily have to focus on, you know, the downside, which we tend to do, right? And that's when you get into the the field that you're interested in is like how you keep people from burning out. Yeah. The working remotely thing is a beautiful thing. I enjoy, enjoy Mm -hmm. it. I've had the, I've had the luxury to be able to do it uh, quite a bit. And even going back, almost 20 years, was able to do it a little bit in an organization, which was pioneering to say the least, even back then. Uh, but I, w- I was able to prove, because uh, my boss wasn't completely open about it, I said, well, let's try it. If it fails, I completely will admit it, and your, your call on this. If it doesn't work, I come back into the office that extra day. Not a problem. And it worked. And, and it was a, I was able to do things, and I was able to jump on things faster, uh, because I wasn't getting the interruptions uh, that we all face when yes. we're working in an office or cubicle farm or things like that. The, the amount of interruptions that people face on a daily basis is insane. And and I know that because with the people that I work with, I, I have them track how many times they get interrupted in the day. And boy, are they alarmed when they actually see you know the notes of how many times they get mm-hmm. interrupted. And, and it's... It, and we're, it'll be interesting to see, especially as this pandemic evolves and hopefully eventually will we'll be behind us that when you know, work resumes uh, to its you know, pre-pandemic state, although I hope that it would be different than that. But let's just say, you know, for you know, argument's sake, that things return back to the workplace. How many people are going to be really eager to go back to the office 
uh, instead of continuing the working remotely because the cat's out of the bag. Um, yeah. Businesses cannot say, well, we can't work remotely. Uh, we've been doing it mm -hmm. for approaching half a year now. Um, I don't know how you can say we can't, uh, but, you know, depending on the organization, of course. But uh, at the end of the day, I think it, it, giving the opportunity to have at least minimum flexible uh, working arrangements, I think, will be will good for people in the long term. But no, you you definitely you definitely picked the right time to do it because it <laughs> exactly. it, 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 it forced it out. And uh, I know that there's many industries that are struggling, uh, and even new businesses that are are starting, you know, are, are are trying to fumble their way through of what can we do on this. And uh, ironically, just for the audience' sake. Uh, Earlier, you had sent me an article on LinkedIn, and I and I agree with you. It's like, wow, that is a great, great uh, article to talk about, and it was about fishing. And I know you're passionate about fishing. Um, I used to fish when I was younger. Haven't done it as much as an adult, uh, but uh, probably will will take that back up again at some point in time uh, as you know as I get older in life uh, and and realize that the mm -hmm. slower the slower pace of things uh, is a better way to approach things but let's dive into that article you wrote uh, because you know fishing and business development you don't usually see those two magazines next to each other on the magazine rack but your article does a brilliant job of connecting that. So what prompted you to write the article and what were some of the insights that you got when you, when you put it together? Well, I think the fact that while we can fish locally, um, the fishing trip that my brothers and my father and I typically take annually is out on the West Coast. I live in Ontario. Uh, couldn't happen this year because, you know, I'd have to fly out there and the spot that we had picked has closed down to uh, all but the local um, fishing community. So I was sitting, you know, feeling sorry for myself. And I thought, you know, um, a lot of people in our legal industry are sitting in their home offices wondering how they're going to connect with people. And I thought, well, why don't I combine the two? Um, I'm not quite sure where fishing ranks as one of the top recreational activities for CEOs, but for a while there, it was like number one, even before golf. So I thought it'd be a nice chance to connect the two and show my passion for um, a recreational activity that, that I love. And, you know, it was interesting because there are some parallels. Um, I don't know how often you would use the term fishing. I guess, you know, if you're sales and you're fishing for some clients, but, it, you know, I sort of logically went through how we approach the fishing process. First, you have to know what you're fishing for, right? And uh, I shared the article with my brother, and he said, well, you know, you have to make sure you plan, too. And it's a, a, a trip that we plan about a year in advance. My father's a lawyer and grew up on the prairies, and yet he loves to fish on the ocean. I think if he had his druthers, he'll be buried on the ocean. You know, he's in his 80s, and he's still you know, exercises every day to make sure he's going to be strong enough to uh, be on a boat because we're out on the uh, the open waters on the ocean. So it is something that I kind of like to do, but like you have to find out what you're fishing for and like know where to find the fish. You know, you're not going to find, you know, lake trout in the ocean. Um, or if we translate this into business development, if you're a lawyer, you're not going to find your estate planning client, you know, at a, a rock concert. 
Um, you have to know what you're looking for and where to find them. And then you have to have the right tools and equipment um, to catch what it is you're looking for. And I, I, I uh, the activity is the same. And my family tends to be very competitive. So while it can be an enjoyable activity, um, you know, my brothers get kind of grumpy when they're not getting any bites. But, you know, the key part, I think, in the whole process is that, you know, you have to know, you, okay, you've, you know where you're going to find the fish, you know what equipment to use, but then when you actually have your the right bait and the line, you know the difference between a nibble. So if someone um, responds to an article or reads an article that you have written, um, don't think that they're going to buy your services. You sort of have to entice them to, um, to do more than that and actually be interested in what you have to offer. And, but then when you have a bite, um, you know, make sure you grab onto it. Otherwise they will, uh, let go. And in the fishing analogy, um, what you do is when they bite the hook, you sort of let out the line. Your, your instinct is to crank them in as soon as you can, um, which is the idea with, uh, salespeople. It's like, okay, someone bites, so I'm going to sell them everything I can now, but you almost have to let them have the line. So you go back with them, ask them a bunch of questions, um, let them get used to the idea. Uh, but then when they turn around and come to you, like with a fish, um, because they'll go out and take as much line out as you, as you possibly have then they'll turn around to come charging at you to see if they can't loosen the hook. Sometimes a prospect is going to do that to see if they can't, you know, get it, get out of the deal. Um, but when that happens, that's when you have to change tactics and uh, reel them in as quickly as you can. So I thought that was a kind of a, an interesting analogy that, you know, it's sort of the, the to and fro and, you know, it's not as easy as it thinks, but since when you're fishing, you typically spend a lot of time out in the water. Um, my nephew, I think, probably is not going to get to the age until he's maybe 20 before he gets the whole idea of fishing and you have to sit there for a while and wait for, pe- wait for a fish to come along that, you know, you, you know, have to be patient. You know, you have to know where the opportunities are and, and, and seize, seize them. It's such a great leadership analogy uh, because especially with, with sales and and you, you nailed it right on the head. You know, I, I create content, you do. And we don't think that, I mean, maybe in the early days when we first launched our businesses, we thought, okay, if you build it, they will come. Well, you can build it and people may look at it, but they're not necessarily going to open up the door to look in and see what's actually inside. Uh, you know, the whole, mm-hmm. the whole purpose of, of creating content and is, Yes, you, you want to engage with like-minded people and potentially you know, work with people depending on what, they, uh, what their needs are. But, but ultimately, it's, you put the stuff out there uh, for the chance to be able to find you know, those right people. And you've got you mm-hmm. to go to the right pond where the fish are. You know, where, yeah. I live, where I live, there's a, a nice you know, ravine that, you know, with a little bit of a river that ultimately get, finds its way to Lake Ontario. And sometimes I, I might see fish in there, but most times I don't. I, I think there are some fish there, but nowhere near the amount that you would see in other bodies of water. So, you know, I've never seen anybody really fishing there because it, unless they just want to stand and hold a fishing pole all day and not you know, have anything happen. <laughs> Um, yeah. But but there there's there's a lot of people that do that. They you know they they create content and they put it all out there and they're waiting for a fish to bite on the hook and it never happens because they're not approaching it. They're just putting it out there and they're like, well, depending on what the article says, is your is your 
you know, call for action in there? Do you have anything in there to entice people to want to reach mm-hmm. out to you? It's like putting a line down there without a worm. It's like, okay, well, great. I'm not going to, exactly. there's no yeah. food on that. So you have to figure out, okay, what do you want people to do? And, and a lot of, I find this surprising in a way, and I was guilty of it too early on was you know, what do people want? What are they looking for? And that's mm-hmm. creating those opportunities to create content and reach out with people with things that meet the needs of those individuals. The fish wants to eat. So it's going to come across a worm and go, Ooh, food. And then yeah. you bite into it and you're like, mm, wait a minute. I don't, I'm not, I don't really like this, this presentation. I'm going to try to get away, but you reel them in. And sometimes when you approach a potential prospect, you know, the initial conversation many times are, you know, people that we work with, they always have that self-protection in place. So their default tends to be no more often than not, uh, but you have to kind of engage them a little bit and get more understanding of you know, what their needs are and what they're about. You know, take the time to listen, mm-hmm. you know, not just the hard yeah. sale. We've all been approached by hard sales. Yeah, they're not buying a, a tube of toothpaste, right? They're they're spending a lot of money on that. And to build on your point about the content, I think sometimes people don't have the right motivation to get the content out. Um, and we see this all the time that the content is more sales pitches. It should be content that's of value that will bring people in. Um, or you're just doing for the right thing. Like right now, I'm just putting out content because you know I want to give back to the community. And I don't necessarily have any expectations because I have time right now, but I've had all these people approach me about working with them that sort of broadened my, my horizons in terms of what I wanted to do next. My only criteria, I think, at one point was just so that I could, you know, work at home. My husband's semi-retired and um, commuting to the office, you know, four days a week and having that one day at home just doesn't do it for him. And we want to be able to spend more time together. But again, having the content out there to get the right people um, to have those conversations is, you know, wh- where you want to to be. Um, and then knowing in that sales conversation, asking the right questions, and as they say, t- uh, you know, accept the no's and turn the no's into yeses to allay all their concerns. And there you go, right? Then you caught your fish. Yeah, the, the skilled fisher people. Um, I, I was going to say fishermen, but I, like, I'm guessing fisher people is a more appropriate uh, name. Um, they know where to fish, they, and they know how to catch them once they get them on the line. Because as a kid, you know, I, I, I could tell stories of the millions of fish that got away, and you know, it's a situation yeah. where I didn't know how to fish, and. It's mm-hmm. the same thing with sales and prospecting and building your business is you need to know and be comfortable with those answers of no, but pay attention and listen to them. Because oftentimes, well, they told me no. Well, why'd they tell you no? Well, they didn't want to do it. Like, No, there's more to it than that. There was something that didn't hook them. And it could have been you didn't listen to what their concerns were or it yeah. was just a mismatch. You know, Maybe your product wasn't best for them, which is mm-hmm. fine. Um, but take those opportunities to truly listen and, and ask. It's like, okay, why, you know, if, if for example, uh, one of the things that I, you know, I say a lot is if it, if it weren't for the price, would you get this? And that, you know, that narrows it down and lets you know, you know, that the individual has some financial concerns about investing in, in whatever. 
and then and then you look and say, okay, there you know there could be some options to continue to work with that individual in a, in a different way, where they're still getting value out of the product or service that you offer, but they may not get the VIP package. They might get the um, you know the regular package. But again, you want to. You know, I've heard the phrase "undersell and overdeliver" kind of thing, but I look at that yeah, and sometimes yeah, yeah. I, I, I think about that and I go, "It's like, well, selling is serving, yeah. So don't underserve mm-hmm. somebody. You know, give them, give them a lot of benefit and value because what you may find, and I've seen this personally happen to me, and I've seen it with many others, where someone will say, "Well, I can't afford to work with you directly, but I'll do your online course, for example. I'll do that, and you give them that value, and you give them." you know, additional things like, well, here, here's some additional things that help you get through that. So you, you can be successful once you're done. And I've had cases where they'll say, you know what, I've gone through it. I've done it. I don't have the self-discipline to it. So let's go ahead and work. So, okay, great. Then we'll go to it. And of course I adjust, you know, the price because they've already paid something. I'm not going to say, well, guess what? I'm going to charge you the, the full price for this work. You've already put a portion and we'll just make up the difference. And and continue on that way, and it, it, that that creates a value and an appreciation for the person, and it's it's serving them in a way that you want. Now, I'm I'm guessing the fish won't be uh, too happy that you know the service they're getting is actually the consumption of of said fish once we cook them. But uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it's a food chain thing, you know. And thankfully, business, yeah. <laughs> although you know, eat or eat or eat be eaten is a food a business analogy too. I think. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know, there's so so many things. So, so I think from 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 the fishing uh, story as well. Where do you see people, you know, completely miss? I was going to say miss the boat, but I'm, I'm I've already made one bad fish joke today with you. I'm I'm, I'm going to try to keep it to a minimum. Keep my sarcasm a little bit lower today, if possible. No no promises, but um, yeah. where you know where do people miss out? And a lot of times when in the fishing side of things and, and, and business, you know, and I know we've highlighted a few things, but I know there's, there's definitely more to it. So um, what are some mm. things that I commonly see? Well, I think the, um, I was thinking about this uh, and I started the conversation around this. There's a difference between networking and business development. And I think people downplay just being a good person that connects with people Um that has no interest other than bringing people together. And that was, I, I know I've had a, a number of my um, employers say that, that you have this innate way of, of putting two people together, which didn't really seem to fit, but you find common interests. And I used that um, tactic uh, when I was helping lawyers do business development for referrals. Um, the last seven years I was, uh, as I mentioned, a personal energy firm. So you find the like interest, put people together and just let them go with it. Eventually business will come up. Um, you like to do business with friends or people that you know. And I think it's a lot easier as, you know, many, many leadership um, candidates or, or uh, stories will tell you that, you know, people want to do business with people that they know, and it's easier to get a sale from someone who is comfortable with you than going in cold. And if that means, you know, I guess both you and I are getting to an age where we probably know thousands of people, but keeping in touch with them is, is something that uh, you shouldn't discount at all because it does have a lot of value. You never know when those people are going to come back in your life and you'll be able to help them out. Um, certainly, I've had a close 
group of friends who have helped me without me even asking it just by the fact I've let them know what's going on with me. And so that I would say that was one of the things that, you know, you should not ever take for granted that, you know, being a nice person will get you anywhere. And I think part of why I'm like that is, you know, I go back to my maternal grandparents who um, were farmers. Um, They came to, you know, the the prairies and got some land. And if you didn't get along with your neighbors, um, you know, you could starve. You know, they, even uh, my family out West, uh, they still have, uh, they retired to the, the acreage. Um, they borrow each other's combines. Uh, my brother does hang for the neighbors and just keeping that sense of community, which is basically what networking is all about, um, really does do you justice in the long run. And that community side of things is a yeah. huge component of business and, my hope now, you know, one of my favorite quotes is from the late uh, Detroit Pistons basketball coach Chuck Daly. And his mm-hmm. quote is, uh, A pessimist is an optimist with experience. And yeah. <laughs> I, my hope is that post pandemic, that business will be more emulating of community than, than it's been. Um, now, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that. To everybody, I've you know I've worked with some great individuals, vendors, um, people that I've hired, uh, all those things, and you know I I, I try to keep a, a community flavor to you know the endeavors that I do, even in the conversations that I have on the show and at conferences and whatnot, is you know truly care and understand and, and network with people in mm-hmm. a way to say okay how can I help you and, and go in it with that approach, not. I know I'm going to get things back from me, if either directly or indirectly, uh, just because of, of the giving nature. But, you know, case in point, a uh, real quick story. Uh, last week, I connected with somebody because um, I'm originally from Michigan, and I connected with somebody that was just recently laid off due to the pandemic. And, and I asked, okay, what kind of work do you do? Because I know mm-hmm. a lot of recruiters in that area, and I'd be more than happy to make an introduction. And so she shared you know, what, what she did. So I, I reached out to the handful of connections that I had that were in that recruiting space and just sent them a quick, you know, check-in note. How are you doing? You know, we haven't talked in a while. How are things? And, you know, the ones that came back, you know, we'd have conversations. So, by the way, I, I just recently connected with somebody that's in the, the B2C space uh, in, in kind of marketing arena. Um, do you know of anybody that has a need for that? And they actually did. So that was on a Monday and the Thursday. Um, she there had you go, right? Like you never know. Yeah. And I, and I did that not, you know, not looking for anything in return because I know I'm going to get something in return. And it's just because when you do mm-hmm. that for people, they're going to, they're going to want to help you. And I, I tell them, I said, well, if you, if nothing comes to mind in helping me, then help somebody else that, you know, in a time of need. And when you do that, it, it, mm-hmm. flow, it flows like the river. It, it will get to everybody. Yeah. It'll it'll cover everybody else, and you know it, it made my day. I'm I'm, I'm like celebrating, going that is great. She and I just met this person. I don't know them yeah. personally yet, but mm-hmm. I helped that person with the job interview, and I'm like wow, that's that's how I see networking. That's how I is helping people in any way you can, whether it's with an introduction, a connection, or just a simple. Great to meet you. Love the work you do. Appreciate you know this kind of stuff. And it, it, it just if everybody approached it that way, 
the magnitude of what we can accomplish is amazing. Yes, and, and I hope that you are right that, um, you know, people will take these lessons and, you know, take them with them back when the pandemic is over. As I said, you know, I, I listen to a lot of your podcasts and I'll reach out to some of the speakers and you have some pretty impressive people. And I'll just jot them a note on LinkedIn and, you know, they said, oh, thank you for, you know, liking the episode and like, you know, I'd say I'm going to be on the show next and I can't possibly follow you. And they, they you know, they take an interest in what I might be talking about. So, Again, people are people, and it's nice to know that when you do pay it forward, it does give you uh, a nice sense of self, right? You, you feel good, as you were saying. Yeah, and I've, I've been very fortunate to talk to amazing people like yourself, uh, and you know, I, I think about it sometimes, and I, I, sometimes I pinch myself, and I'll be completely humble here. It's like, it's like, why in the world would they want to talk to me? But then I, right, but then I, I tell the self doubt to go away. And I said because <laughs> I, I'm very fortunate, and I have a, a show that has a, a pretty good audience reach, and I'm talking about topics that people want to hear about to help them grow in their respective lives, uh, whatever way possible. And it's, mm-hmm. it's a way for me to, to give back. And, and, and he, I believe me, I get, you know, I get all kinds of feedback and um, my own personal growth from the people that I, that I talk with, including today. So I've loved our conversation today, Pamela. Uh, where can people find out more about you and this amazing work you do? Um, well, you can find me on LinkedIn. I do have a website. It's uh, PamelaPower.com. Um, what I'm looking at now is um, in some of my free time offering um, marketing and consulting advice to specifically plaintiff law firms. Uh, my concern has always been to help those people who need legal advice um, and help them find their connections to those people. Um, I also do on, on the side, we haven't even talked about my cooking. Um, I follow the, uh, the cooking adventures of the, the cast and characters of Downton Abbey. So I've, I uh, have written a couple cookbooks on uh, Downton Abbey and that's at DowntonAbbeyCooks.com. Well, that is awesome. I'll have to bring you back on that one because I know I'm, I'm sure that I have members of the audience, including myself, that you know have watched that show, and you know we're always intrigued uh, by you know you know that you know that type of genre in the world, and you know dignitaries and all of that kind of stuff. And it's it, mm-hmm. it such a well well created show, and you, you get involved with the characters, and you you understand the nuances and intricacies of things and yeah yeah the food thing is is an overlooked thing on that so no that's awesome so i definitely have that in the show notes as well so pamela again thank you so much for your time today appreciate you and um uh, hopefully you'll be able to get out out west and, and get fishing sooner than later great thanks michael keep up the great work Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.